0: Hi, I'm Cheryl Richardson and welcome to my weekly Facebook Live session. I'm glad to have you here with me and I'm going to wait a couple of minutes for people to join before I start with tonight's topic and then answer some of your questions and offer you some guidance and support if I may. Um, it's a rainy day here in the Northeast. I'm in the Northeast of the United States in Massachusetts, way up just below the New Hampshire border. and. Um, yeah, we're waiting for spring. <laughs> we're crossing our fingers for spring. Hi Teresa, welcome. And hi Sarah, welcome. Glad you're here. And Jessica, welcome. My faithful crew. And Terry, <laughs> hi Terry, thanks for being here. Anne-Marie, welcome. Welcome. We always have there's a core group of people who show up every week and I really appreciate that. Um, hi Teresa, who's in Phoenix right now and it's beautiful there. is Isn't it always beautiful in Phoenix? I swear. Hi, Julie and Rachel and Ryan from London. Thank you for the hugs from London. I appreciate that. And Hi, Dimitri. Welcome. Welcome. And Diana, welcome to you. And Liza and Nafessa, welcome. We have people from all over the world. Um, and um, yeah, Ruhat, nice to have you here. And um, I like this real estate spice. Now there's a name. <laughs> yes, spring showers. Um Bring mayflowers. flowers. That's what they say. Fingers crossed, I'm hoping. Hi, Anne. Welcome. And Anne Fisher, uh, welcome to you. And uh, you're having thunderstorms. It's been a long time since I've had a thunderstorm here. Connie and Valentina and Annette, welcome. Thanks for being here. And Susie from Washington. Um, it's great. And Jessica, thank you. Yeah, it's great to see you too. And hi, Rachel. Another Rachel. Lots of Rachels. And Terry. Welcome everybody. Um, Tonight I'm going to read an excerpt from Waking Up in Winter. I haven't done that in a while. And I want to talk about getting your needs met. So um, Waking Up in Winter is my seventh book. For those of you that um, are unfamiliar with it, I've written several self-help books, Take Time for Your Life, Life Makeovers, uh, The Unmistakable Touch of Grace, which was like a spiritual memoir and uh, The Art of Extreme Self-Care, which, by the way, makes a great Mother's Day gift. And, um, and a book with Louise Hay called You Can Create an Exceptional Life. And it really was sort of a, a kind of traveling memoir of Louise and I spending a year together, traveling around the world and teaching together, and me learning from her and her learning from me. So we had a really wonderful time. And um, this most recent one is called Waking Up in Winter. And see where it is here. Here it is. I know it's backwards but you'll see it. That's the cover. And this one's a little different. It's a departure. It's a, uh, it's a memoir in journal form. And instead of, instead of offering you self-help or how-to information, I made a decision to just share with you the personal way that I uh, really process and experience my day-to-day life. Uh, in an effort to really live more consciously, it's how I live an examined life. So, for um, it's not for everybody. Some people, I think, if you're looking for a quick fix or um, some kind of, I don't know, quick answers to making your life better, it's probably not the book for you. But if you're somebody who thinks, really thinks about your life, who is thinking about what really matters to you, um, who grapples with priorities, who feels like you take you do a really good job of taking care of everybody else and maybe not so good a job of taking care of yourself. Or maybe you're in some kind of a transition, whether it's entering an empty nest or changing careers or moving or entering midlife. This book, this one, is about midlife. Um, then you might find some comfort you might find yourself in my ex- my journey in my experience and um i hope you do and i hope it provides you with some comfort and most importantly two things um the reality of knowing that you're not alone and secondly some wisdom throughout that you that really speaks to you in some way and makes you stop take a deep breath really take it in And then use that as maybe sort of a guide to live a bit differently in your life. Um, That's what I would hope for anyways. And thank you. Um, Yes, it's a critical thinker kind of book. Thank you so much for those of you who have written to me, for those of you who have put reviews on Amazon. I appreciate that a lot. It makes a difference. Um, It really makes a difference. Thank you, Jasmine. I'm glad that you are. So if you enjoy the book, please feel free to leave a review and um, And I read your emails and appreciate them very much. I really do. So I'm going to just read a little excerpt as an introduction to tonight's topic about needs, which to some people is a dirty little word. (laughs) used to be to me, too. Okay, so this was an entry in the journal. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Anne-Marie says the audible was like having Cheryl driving with me. A lot of people have said that. So I, I did an audio version of the book. And at the end of the book, by the way, in the audio version, I didn't f I, I talk about the questions that I included in the book for the reader, but then I kind of went off on my own and did a did a sort of I don't know, what would you call it? A um kind of like a a riff on the questions and the ways that the kinds of things we need to be asking ourselves at Important times in our lives, so I instead of just reading the book, there's also additional material in the audio version in case you like audio better. Um, anyway, so this was I was in Toronto speaking and I um, had finished my talk in the morning and decided to take a walk and this is just an entry that I want to um, it, uh, that I want to uh, use to start tonight's topic. So it says back from a walk in the cold, winty weather here in the city, which was Toronto, city I love, the sun was doing its best to peek through the clouds outside my hotel window. So the day looked much warmer than it actually was. I went all the way down to Chinatown and found a place to get a foot massage. I love foot massages. Um, but it only accepted cash and I hadn't notified my bank about traveling outside the country. So I couldn't use my ATM card. I remember that day. It was such a drag because I really, really wanted to um, I wanted to get a foot massage so bad. And I, I probably walked almost an hour and then found out that I couldn't get one because I didn't have any money. Um, but at least I got in a good long walk. When I returned to my hotel, I began answering email. Then I looked over at the end of the bed and noticed the sun had cast a pool of light across the comforter. I'd love to curl up right there and take a nap, I thought to myself. But I continued working, responding to others' requests and ignoring my own. I have to be somewhere in an hour, I told myself. I don't have time for a nap. That's when I stopped typing. Wouldn't the warmth of the sun feel good, Cheryl? I said to myself. Why aren't you listening to your own needs? So I put down my computer, grabbed a pillow, and curled up on the comforter. I lay there feeling the warmth on my face as clouds floated by, playing hide-and-seek with the sun. I imagined myself lying on a beach, carefree, happy, soaking in the pleasures of this moment. Thank you, I said to myself as I drifted off to sleep. It's been too easy to make efficiency and checking off a list more important than living my life. But these days I'm doing a better job of not waiting for someday. I'm serving a new master, one who is loving and sane, sensitive and smart. And guess what? I'm still alive. No lightning bolts from above. No one has died. Everything that matters is getting done and all in the right way at the right time. Who knew? (laughs) I remember that day well was such an it's such an important moment you know we have moments like this in life all the time where a wise adult part of us is trying to get our attention but we're too busy to hear it and in that moment sitting on the bed working on my computer and looking at that pool of sunlight you know that, that there was a voice inside of me that said go curl up take take time for yourself you've already done your work curl up in that ball like curl up in that light into a little ball and take a nap and feel the warmth on your face and enjoy. Feel what it would be like to just have some time to yourself before you're off to the next thing. Many times we have needs like that that call to us, that ask for our attention, that ask for our presence, that ask for us to do something about them. And we either don't hear the call, we don't heed the call, Um, we ignore our needs or we just get caught up in the busyness of the day. So we all have needs. There's nothing personal about them and there's nothing shameful about them. It's a universal human experience to have needs. And getting connected to and in touch with what it is you need in order to feel healthy and whole and loved and comforted and cared for and uh, paid attention to and um, sane and peaceful not only serves you in a really important way, but serves everybody else around you. Right? We all know that. We know that when people are more balanced and peaceful, they're actually better to be around. They're actually not only more comfortable to be around, they often help us to feel more centered and balanced and peaceful. So I made a list of some needs that I'm just going to read off to you and invite you to just take a moment Take a breath or two and just notice if I mention any needs that might resonate with you. And if they do you can give me a thumbs up or a heart so I know. So here's some needs. Free time. Time where you're not committed to anything, you don't have appointments, you don't have to get someplace or do something. But just a, a block of time where you are just able to be free and spontaneous. And unburdened and uh, not worried about getting to the next thing or, um, uh, you know, making the next appointment or making the next commitment. Maybe you need someone to take care of you. Sometimes the need is, I just need somebody to take care of me. I said that to my husband Michael the other day. I said, You know, I've been taking care of a lot of people and, like, there's some. There's some younger part of me that um that just feels like she needs to be taken care of, and I just want to say that to you so that you can maybe support me. This is the beauty of of partnership um is we can really be there for one another and support one another with the needs that we have and so he was able to just say, "All right, what do you need, kiddo? like tell me what you need, just talk about what it is you need and Sometimes, that's the other thing we need is we need somebody to just listen. We need somebody to just be present for us as we talk about what's going on for us and we um, just sort of, um, Michael calls it semi coloning, <laughs> where you just, uh, sometimes I'll just talk and talk and talk, and as I get some of the surface stuff that I'm thinking about out, my talking goes to a deeper level and suddenly I realize, wow, there's important things going on that um, I didn't realize that needed to be heard. I just needed to like say them out loud. Sometimes we need quiet. And I mean real quiet. No noise, no vacuum cleaner running or wash machine going or trucks driving by. Sometimes we really need, the soul just needs silence. Um, Right now if I close my eyes, if I take a breath and close my eyes, I can hear the rain. I wish you could hear it. The rain just um, tapping against the window. It's a beautiful sound and I could really just take this moment to just breathe. And if I weren't doing the Facebook Live with you, I would maybe set an alarm for 10 minutes and close my eyes And just let the sound of the rain wash over me and heal me and comfort me and make me feel peaceful and balance me in some way. So sometimes we need quiet, really good old-fashioned quiet. Sometimes we need space. Now that could be physical space. I know there are times when if Michael's out of the house, like if Michael has an appointment and he's out of the house, and I'm here all by myself. I love it, and I think women, especially, uh, especially as we get to mid midlife, we really need space. We need um, freedom from other people's energy, and so sometimes I like just being here, knowing that I don't know. There's a way that I can breathe more deeply when there's nobody else around, and energetically, I'm the only one occupying this space. Sometimes we need space. It can be things like you need space in your bedroom. There's too many books on your nightstand or too much stuff crowded in the room. And you just don't, you feel a bit irritable or kind of anxious when you're in um, certain spaces. Maybe it's your kitchen. Maybe it's, um, you know, it could be your bathroom. Like just any place where there's too much stuff and you just need space. You need physical space. Sometimes that can be a need. Um, Alone time. I mentioned that. Um, I talked about quiet but also just alone time without anybody else around. Sometimes we really need to be in nature. Um, There are definitely times where I just feel my body feels like, Get out. Just get out. Get outside. Breathe the air. Feel the wind. Whether it's hot, cold, doesn't matter. Sometimes I feel compelled to go to the beach. I want to breathe in the negative ions that the crashing waves create. Um, You might want to go to the mountains or just simply walk in your neighborhood, be in the woods. I love being in the woods sometimes. So being out in nature is also um, really important. Uh, Sometimes we need an honest conversation with a loved one. Maybe someone's bugged you or said something that hurt your feelings or that confused you and you need more information. Sometimes we need to have an honest conversation. I know Michael and I, you know, I, in waking up in winter, I share the story of a fight that we had where we didn't talk for three days. And um, it was a really difficult time. And yet, what I realized from that fight once again was that I needed to have an honest conversation about the needs that I had that weren't getting met because I wasn't speaking about them. So sometimes we have to have a heart-to-heart conversation. Could be with a good friend. I miss you. I haven't seen you in a while. Or I'm always the one that calls. You never call me. Um, You know. Any, if you start to pay attention to when you see people or um, you spend time with your family, uh, if you notice that there's sort of a rumble, I think especially for women, if there's like kind of a rumble of anxiety or anger or frustration. This is true for anybody really. There may be something unsaid that needs to be said. You might need a partner. Maybe you're single and you think, you know what, I don't want to be single anymore. I would like a romantic partner. It also works the other way. It might be that you're in a relationship that's really not going anywhere and you're with a partner who's unwilling to work on it, unwilling to look at his or her own stuff, unwilling maybe to get some counseling or to have an honest conversation and you're just realizing it keeps happening over and over and over again. And um, you just realize I might need to be on my own. As scary as that is, it's one of the scariest changes we make and it can be one of the most life-changing when we make it. Um, A lot of people need to be heard, just need to be heard. I think about that sometimes when I take family members to the doctors. And um, there's always this sense of rushing them. You know, I understand. You know, here in the states, it's just crazy how our medical system makes it. You've got makes it such that you've got about 10 minutes to be with the doctor in order to, um, you know, get your needs met. And you feel rushed, and you don't feel heard. And unfortunately, healing begins when we feel heard, when we. Um, The moment we start to feel heard, healing begins. Sometimes that's what you need. So the first step in getting your needs met is to recognize that you A, you have needs, B, that's a good thing, and C, you might need to really brush up on what those needs are. Now there's a little exercise I shared in my book Stand Up For Your Life a long time ago where uh, an exercise I did when I was first discovering in my early 30s uh, discovering the fact that I had a lot of judgment about what I considered to be needy people. And I it—I felt uncomfortable. I couldn't be with my own needs, and therefore I judged others who seemed to be needy because I couldn't be with my own. And I was in therapy at the time, and I was trying to um, figure out about what my needs were. So I hung a big piece of poster paper up on the wall in my living room and I put a few markers nearby. And every time I walked by I would write one need that I had up on the poster board. And um, every time, you know, it it could have been simple. I need a cup of tea. I need to drink water, which I do right now. (laughs) It might be I need to go to the bathroom. I need the company of a good friend. I need a nap or I need to get to bed early. Um, I need to take my vitamins. I need to be heard, like some of the things that I spoke about. Every time I walked by, I would just list a need on the poster board. And by the end of a month, I had a whole big, huge piece of paper filled with needs that I then became familiar with. it, It did two things. Number one, it helped me to really craft a list of common needs that I had. And it also taught me to be thinking about and mindful of what it was I needed. So I got in the habit of asking myself every day, what do I need? What do I need right now? It's a great question to ask yourself when you're feeling emotionally upset about something. If you feel like you could cry, if you're pissed off, if you're frustrated, if you're feeling confused in some way, if you just stop, close your eyes and say to yourself, sweetheart, what do you need right now? Like Just really be with that question. What do you need right now? And then notice what the answer is. Um, It's a beautiful way to build a more loving and conscious relationship with yourself. And remember the thing that I always say, the piece of wisdom that Louise gave me many years ago um, when she said, you will be with you longer than anyone else on the planet. Why not make it a good relationship? Well the way you do that is by Getting clear about what you need, getting more in touch with your needs, and yes, Rachel says I'm going to start a needs list in my planner. Yeah, you might go to the notes on your smartphone and just put my needs list, and just start to every now and then, if you're waiting for an appointment and you've got a few moments, if you're in a drive-through line, if you know not driving, but if you're in a drive-through line, if you're parked somewhere, just stop for a moment and get in the habit. Or you could even do it in a small journal at night before you go to bed. Close close your eyes and ask yourself, what were two or three things I really needed today? And write them in your journal. It's a great, great exercise for getting clear about what your needs are. The other thing I recommend you do is, as you get clear about your needs, once again, as a way to kind of bring them into your everyday life, start telling one person a day what you need. Like You might even partner up with a friend and decide that the both of you are going to get more connected to... um, to, to your needs. And so every day you're going to share with each other one need that you recognized. And in doing that um, you, can, you can absolutely strengthen your relationship with your friend and also get clear about what your needs are. And then of course ultimately as you become more familiar with your needs and it's great. Yeah you might need a hug, that's a good one too. As you become more familiar with your needs uh, then you can get about the business of getting them met. So you're in the middle of work, you've been working for several hours, you're kind of you know, head down in the pile and you close your eyes and you ask yourself what you need and you realize, oh my gosh, I need to go to the bathroom. Well you make a point of getting up and going to the bathroom that says to yourself, I'm listening, I'm paying attention and I'm taking care of you. Or, oh I need food, my stomach's growling, I'm not, I haven't been paying attention and I'm really hungry. You stop stop what you're doing, go and get yourself something to eat. And once again it sends a message to this wise part of you. Actually it's the wise part of you that's going to go get something to eat. It sends a message to yourself that you're worthy of your love and your attention and your care and of getting your needs met. Um, it might be that you have a conversation with a friend or a loved one, you get your buttons pushed, um, you're, you notice you just get activated about something. And what you always need in that situation is time out. (laughs) You don't want to address it in that moment. Ideally you want to just sort of walk away, take a deep breath, get clear about what your needs are and then go back and have an honest conversation. But do it. Make sure that you do it so that um, you're really paying attention, so that yourself knows you're really paying attention to what it is you need. And yeah, Gretchen says we have to listen to our bodies. That's right. Notice you know are there are there places? maybe you need a foot massage? Maybe you need touch. a um, lot of people need touch. The other day, um I was getting a massage, and our massage therapist, her name is Ally, and she 's really wonderful and Ally gives the best hugs in the world and sometimes when i 'm getting a massage, you know it 's very quiet and i 'm inside, and I notice ever since Poupon died. That's often a time where I'll start to just, the grief will come up about losing our little cat. And um, and also because a lot of times when I used to get massages here at the house, he would often jump up on the table and sit in between my legs while I was getting a massage. And so um, after the massage, I just noticed that I was feeling kind of weepy. And uh, when Allie was leaving, she went to give me a hug and I thought, oh my gosh, she gives the best hugs. And it was exactly what I needed and I didn't even know it until I got it. And once I got it, I thought, you know, I need to get more hugs and I need to give more hugs. So anyway, you want to make a point of when you begin to really identify what your needs are, do yourself a big favor and start addressing or responding to those needs by doing something about it. Um, it will really make an extraordinary difference in your life. First of all, it's going to strengthen your relationship with yourself. Hi Patrick and Sharon. It's going to strengthen your relationship with yourself. And um, in any time we become more loving and more compassionate and more present and attentive to ourselves and our own needs, we automatically begin to draw to us Better experiences in life. Um, more loving people, more loving opportunities, uh, more loving relationships. All kinds of, all, a variety of areas in our life really improve when we become more loving to ourselves. And we raise our level of deservability which means we start expecting better and we get it because of that. So okay, that's the end of my needs conversation. And now I'm going to take some of your questions before I sign off. Um, Any coaching that you might need or questions you'd like answered. um, I am going to just scroll back here. Um, Wow. So um, Elaine says, I've been away with my husband. We're very lucky to be celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday. Tell him I said happy birthday. Um, Two weeks ago, he suffered a massive coronary heart attack the doctor calls it a widowmaker there were not signs so feeling blessed and very grateful so needs have been number 1 life changes are very strong in our home i bet they are elaine you know that's the thing that happens when we have that classic wake up call you realize how precious life is and how fragile it is and how life as we know it can just change just like that in an instant and it makes you it makes crystal clear the things that really matter and what i would say to you elaine um, while the two, you, two of you are away, is to sit down together and both individually and as a couple make a list of the top five priorities you experience in your life right now. When we're close to death or when we're thinking about our own mortality, you know, if you're waiting for the diagnosis, let's say, uh, I mean, a uh, test results, that's when we're usually crystal clear uh, or when we lose a loved one. I know when we lost Poupon, both Michael and I were so much clearer about our priorities because we were in the middle of grief. Um, when you get, When you're in that place, the things that really, 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 really matter to you become very, very clear. And I would invite the both of you to write them down. Do the exercise individually and then come together as a couple. Compare notes and decide that you'll create an absolute yes list. It's something I write about and take time for your life um an absolute yes list of the top 5 priorities priorities that you as you two as a couple will really orient your life around now that you've had this experience use it to your advantage elaine that's that's the best thing that we can do when we go through these kind of traumas is use them to our advantage and um and I wish you both all the best i hope that um his health just improves and improves um, hi, James. Glad to see you're here. Um, yeah, James says one of Louise Hay's affirmations was, "My arms are made for hugging," and um, she was a really great hugger as well. Um, let's see. Um, Anne Marie wants to know: Is the retreat sold out? Yes, my dear. I'm sorry, it is. It's um, it's actually a little oversold. We had a lot of people for this next retreat. Um, Thank you, Susan. Let's see. Um, So Tara says, I'm feeling so anxious today, the past few days actually, and I'm not sure what from. So whenever we're feeling anxious and we're unsure about what's going on, it's usually an indication that we need to listen. And uh, no, October, (laughs) sorry, the October retreat is not sold out. That hasn't gone on sale yet. But if you're subscribed to my newsletter at geraldrichardson.com, you'll be the first to know. Um, Tara, getting quiet so that you can get the message behind the anxiety is one of the first things to do. So you could just set an alarm on your phone or an alarm nearby for 10 minutes, close your eyes, make sure, you know, nobody's going to bother you, nothing's going to go off. Close your eyes and just breathe. And just. Let yourself be present and feel your body in the chair and feel your your the breath going in and out of your body. And as you do that, you can just tune in. And I like to sometimes, Tara, put my hand over my heart and just say to yourself, sweetheart, what's the matter? What's going on? And just keep breathing and notice what occurs to you. Don't judge it. Don't you know, overthink it. Just notice. Just keep saying to yourself, "What's going on, honey?" What's the... as if you were speaking to a, a young child. What are you worried about? What are you anxious about? Now, just try that for ten minutes. You can also take a journal, and uh, or a pad of paper, and just start writing. Um, what I'm anxious about is, and write whatever occurs to you. And if something doesn't occur to you then just keep writing, what I'm anxious about is, what I'm anxious about is, what I'm worried about is, this anxiety in my body is. And just keep doing it until you start to get some information. If you hang in there, I promise you the part of you that's feeling anxious is going to want to speak to you and you'll be able to um, hear what that part has to say. Now if that doesn't, if that's not helpful, Then you may need somebody that can just really be a mirror for you. And this is where, you know, we belong together. We need each other. We're here on the planet, all of us together, for a reason. And a lot of times, if you have somebody who's just sitting across from you, who really cares about you, who wants to just be a a clear mirror for you, who doesn't want to give you advice and doesn't want to fix it or interrupt, but you can just ask them, could you please just listen to me? While I repeat this the sentence stem, what I feel anxious about is, and just just keep um, you could even ask the person to say to you, "Tara, what do you feel anxious about that 's all they have to say and um you might say i don 't know i can't I'm not in touch with my anxiety." Tara, what do you feel anxious about? Just have the person keep asking you that, and you might discover what 's really going on underneath um And um, I wish you all the best with that exercise. Connie says, my partner never remembers what I discuss. It makes me feel unheard and empty. Well, you need to tell your partner that. Um, He or she needs to practice remembering. Um, Are they paying attention? Are they looking you right in the eye face-to-face as you're talking about what's going on? Um, And if they don't remember, ask them why they don't remember. And be open to hearing their answer without getting angry or without judging. Maybe you talk a lot about um, what you discuss and maybe you talk so much that they can't remember because they're overwhelmed. That's a possibility. Maybe they're distracted all the time. Maybe they're uh, worried about something themselves. So really having a conversation about why you aren't feeling heard and why your partner seems to be forgetting Just exploring the reasons why is a really smart idea. Um, Okay, Ryan says, I'm still working on getting back to normal after a recent breakup. I feel like my needs are quite high at the moment and I'm feeling a little guilty about not showing up for my friends as I've been focusing on self-care. I'm wondering if you uh, have any feedback or tips on feeling guilty. Yeah. Ryan, make friends with your guilt. It's normal to feel guilty when we go through a very difficult time and we need to kind of pull in or we need to make our self-care a priority. Uh, I would absolutely tell the truth to your friends. You know what? I really love you and I'm just feeling a little guilty that I can't be there for you. But I can't be there for you right now because this breakup has been really hard and I need time to heal. And I hope you understand. And I just want to say that out loud so that I'm not carrying it with me. Um, Any friends that have a hard time with that or really give you a hard time about that, um, there's there's probably other work that needs to be done, Ryan. Now that said, sometimes I want you to look for opportunities to be there for your friends as a healthy distraction from the pain of the breakup sometimes. You know, there are some of us who can really get mired in the sadness and in the pain, get lost in it. Have you ever noticed that? I've noticed that sometimes. Like I've noticed in grieving the loss of Poupon, there are times where I've had to say, okay, Cheryl, that's enough. Get up, get on, you know, get on with your life. There's nothing wrong with a good cry. If you have to cry every day, five times a day, that's fine. But don't get, you know, as my friend Russ Hudson says, don't get lost in the emotional fondue where you're stuck in the quicksand of it. And sometimes coming up and being able to be there for somebody else, as long as it's not a big thing, um, can actually be a healthy distraction from the pain of the loss itself. So um, the only way that we make peace with guilt is by welcoming it in. I like to think of myself as putting my arms around it and going, Hello there, old friend. You're the one that visits every time I take care of myself because I was trained to not do that. Or... I just habitually haven't done it so I'm going to feel guilty because I think I'm supposed to make other people's needs a priority but that's okay you can stay here with me I'm running the show I'm going to keep taking care of myself my self-care is important a bad breakup is worthy of grief and uh my presence so you know you can, you can sit there with me, but you're not running the show. I am. That's how you want to sort of talk to that part of you, um, Ryan, because you deserve to take good care of yourself right now. You really do. Um, let's see. So Rebecca says, I'm feeling a little beat up today after finding out that my landlord has raised my rent. I'm newly divorced, turning 60, and very anxious about trying to stretch a buck haven't been on my own since 2007. Can you give me, can you give we single girls struggling? Can you give we single girls struggling? Um, Well, let me say this to you, Rebecca. You're really wise in recognizing the reason you feel beat up is probably, um, it's more about feeling vulnerable, about being newly divorced and turning 60 and suddenly feeling like you're on your own and needing to take care of yourself. Those are big things, Rebecca. Those are really big things. Now, landlords have a right to raise the rent, right? Their, their property is part of their income too, and I think if probably if you weren't feeling so vulnerable, you'd understand that. Unless, of course, you know he raised it like a ridiculous amount. Um, but the beat up part, beat up, is a very strong phrase, which tells me. That that actually has more to do with other things going on in your life and less to do with the rent being raised and you 're naming what it is being newly divorced is a big deal. turning sixty is also a big deal, and um, trying to make you know take good care of your money is also challenging now, um, and you say you haven 't been on your own since two thousand and seven well, first of all. I have complete faith in you being able to use this next stage of your life to your advantage. I would encourage you, uh, I've mentioned this before, there's a wonderful woman named Melissa Sweet who is a financial planner. She's a fee-based financial planner. That means that um, she doesn't invest your money for money. She has no vested interest in what you do. She just helps people to get on a good financial track. And you just pay an hourly fee. She works by phone and by Skype. I've worked with her before and I've referred a lot of people, especially women, uh, newly divorced women. And um, they've been very, very happy with the advice she's given in terms of helping them to create a smart financial plan, whether it's to pay off debt, to start saving money, to invest their 401k or retirement properly, those kinds of things. So if you go to melissasweetmoney.com, and we'll put that in the resource section, melissasweetmoney.com, you can read all about her services. Um, I don't get any referral fee at all. Um, I just really like her and have appreciated the advice that I've received from her. The reason I'm saying this, Rebecca, is um, for all the single gals out there, and I have been one of you, taking good care of your money, deciding i'm going to take good care of my money when you do the universe re- rewards you being a good steward for the wealth you already have by bringing more wealth into your life you watch Un- an unexpected check will show up because you're taking your money seriously okay um, let's see um <clears throat> So Lisa says, I sometimes feel the need to escape from stress, typically through alcohol. Do you have any suggestions about the tendency to escape reality? I copied this from another commenter and I did not get her name and I'm sorry but would really like any suggestions. Um, Yeah, so Lisa it's absolutely normal. Most people, especially even living in the world we live in today where we're bombarded with so much input, social media, media, sensational news, speed of technology. Lots of people want to escape. Eating, drinking, using drugs, watching television, shopping, you name it. All of those things are a way to calm the amygdala and the anxiety that's going on in the body. Um, Of course I don't have to tell you, Lisa, that choosing to over drink or overspend or overeat or whatever isn't the best A form of self-care by far. Um, Noticing that there's this need to escape from the stress is the first step in making a change. If you have found that your drinking seems out of balance—excuse me, out of balance—and it's been going on for a while, I cannot recommend the 12-step program highly enough. Um, I, as a matter of fact, just the other night I was at a book talk. And there was a woman there who talked about going through a very stressful breakup. And um, she used alcohol to get through the breakup and she said she started drinking fast and furiously for her. And the good news about that was it caused her to crash and burn sooner rather than later and she got into recovery. And her life is so dramatically different today than it was. And the path that she's on feels so soulful and right for her. And it all came about as a result of trying to escape from the stress in a very quick and convenient way. But it just didn't work for her. And, um, so, and she really benefited from AA. So I would really encourage that. And if you do decide to go to an AA meeting, I always like to say this. When you go to that meeting, I want you to know that there will be a divine message for you. And your job is to simply show up, stay for the whole meeting and wait for that message to come to you. And when it does, write it down. I promise you it will be there. Now if you also notice that um, you have a lot of anxiety then you might want to turn to a therapist sooner rather than later. Get some support for the anxiety. Um, There are a lot of people who self-medicate depression and anxiety with alcoholism, uh, with alcohol and drugs. And so intervening with the support of a therapist, somebody preferably who's familiar with addiction, uh, the use of alcohol um, would be a far a, a smart choice for you, and getting some help to address the stress um, so you 're addressing both the anxiety that the stress is causing and stress itself what 's going on in your life that needs your attention? Use this as a wake up call use it as an as a gift as an invitation to live a more um, just a more self loving life by getting yourself the um, Getting yourself the support that you need. That's what I would recommend, sweetheart. And if you could see the face of this woman that was at the book talk that I was at, and she's now working as a recovery coach. It's many years after the situation. She's got a lot of recovery under her belt and she's helping people to um, turn their lives around as a recovery coach. And you know what? She knows exactly what she's doing because she's been there. So I hope that that's helpful to you. All right, I'm going to wrap up. Um, I am going to, uh, I'm going to say thank you all so much for being here with me. I really appreciate it. It's always great to have you here. And um, I will see you again next week. Please remember, uh, every Monday at 6 o'clock Eastern, I'm taking over Louise Hayes' Facebook page and doing live coaching over there. So I invite you to join me there Mondays at 6 o'clock for the whole month of April, so the next five Mondays. And also um, I'm here every week as well. And if you're subscribed to the newsletter at CherylRichardson.com, you'll not only know about the Facebook Live events, but any live events that I'm doing and when the retreat goes on sale, the next retreat, and um, any other cool thing that's happening in my life. So remember, Waking Up in Winter is the new book. And um, I hope you'll pick up a copy and leave a review on Amazon. And in the meantime, have a really great week. I'm so glad you've been here with me. Sending you all lots of love. Bye.